you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this day. I'm just grateful that everything you've done in our lives, I'm just thankful for everything that you've done. And I just pray that angels will camp around all of us and we'll have a good time in church. And I just pray that everybody will will get to know you, Lord Jesus. And I just pray that we'll have a good time. And I just love you. Amen. I love you with all my heart and just name Amen. 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 Well, welcome to Kids in Ministry Day. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, I want you to, to put your hands together and, and uh, make them feel really welcome because you can't imagine what it's like to stand in front of this many people and speak. I get nervous each week. But please put your hands together for our youngest minister, Minister Joseph Ferrer. Come on, buddy. You got it, buddy. Today's lesson is called Stop the Foul Mouth. You sometimes say bad things and words that are not curse, curses and think they are not bad. Well, some kids outside do, and some kids do at their houses when his or her friends come over, or maybe the friends will do the bad things and the owner won't They'll do the bad things. So for those here that do that, tell God to guard your mouth. Now here is a verse. Lord, guard my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Psalms 141, verse 3. Ask yourself, do you need God to guard your mouth? What kind of things can you think of instead of being me? Can all of you tell me one at a time? I'm only going to pick 10 people. He's going to pick 10 people. He needs 10 people. Go ahead. Go pick 10 people. He needs 10 people to say a nice thing as opposed to a bad thing because we're going to learn how to, how to stop the foul mouth. Go ahead. All right. Oh, look. Um, Hannah Sims come up to the stage. And Megan. Come on, Megan. Megan, please come up to the stage. Come on. Come on. Caleb Sims come to the stage. Alright, come on, Anakin. Um, Anakin, come up to stage. Come on, who else can say a nice thing? Alright, there's okay, one. Who else? Who else? Um, Portia, come on. Portia, who come else? Up. Over there, come on. Melly, come up. Melly, alright, good call. Mark Sims, come up. Mark Sims, come on, man. Alright, tell him, tell him. Mo Sims, come up. <laughs> whole family's up there. Kelly Martina has come up. <laughs> she was hiding. Go ahead, tell them. Tell them what they got to do. All right, so all of you people had, when I passed the mic to you, you had to think of something that is nice and not bad. If Joseph was my friend, I'll say I love him. I love my sister Kelly very much. Uh -huh. 
If Joseph came to my house, I would let him play all my games that he wants. All right. <laughs> I love Minister Joseph. I like the way Joseph ministers. <laughs> my sister Nellie is the best sister in the world. Oh. I tell my mom every day that I'd love her. I think we have an awesome set of children in this church. And I got to tell you, for those who don't know, Joseph spent over two hours typing his sermon all by himself and thought of it all by himself. So I think he's pretty neat. Um, I love the Sims family. <laughs> Thank you for coming up. You can go all, about, all back to your seats. Now am I going, I'm going to tell you a true story. This year at my school, there's a new girl, and she does not like anyone who is nice to others. And she says bad words to everyone and hurts their feelings by making fun of them. Bad word, she says bad words to everyone and hurts their feelings, like saying you're stupid and saying I hate you. So that night when I was praying, I prayed that God that God will make her stop saying bad things and make and making it in front of everyone. So the next day she stopped and God guarded her mouth. Alright, so everyone let's stand and close our eyes and bow our heads to pray. Lord Father God, thank you for these people and bless all of us and thank you for everyone you gave us to come and share. And thank you for this day. We bless this is the best day of our lives. And, and you love everyone in this church. Thank you for this church. And Lord, uh, please love everyone. And Lord, Father God, for those that don't have homes and don't have money, please give them the stuff they need to survive. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow. Amen. We're sending our children off to Children's Church. Amen. Let's give them a hand again for all these kids. Wow. Only, there's, there's no 11 and 12. We're going to ask the 11 and 12 year olds to stay with us today. Wow. I'm going to be picking 10 of you later too. I forget it. I ain't even trying to top that one. Is anybody excited this morning? No? Man. Man. There's something. There's something about seeing young people copy. Amen? There's something about seeing, watching. Watch, it's a scary thing. Ain't it? It's a scary thing. Because they'll copy it and copy it to the T. My man, nobody taught him how to do that. He had illustration, example. He break down in prayer. I mean, what, where, where do you get that from? He's copying. I mean, that's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Wow. Well, it's good, it's good to see all of you this morning. It's good to see 
I think I saw my friends from Florida. Where are you? Yeah. Welcome. Welcome. It's good to see you guys. I like to start with a quote each morning. Here's, here's our quote for today. I think it's in your bulletins as well. You may have a fresh start any moment you choose. For this thing that we call failure is not the falling down, but the staying down. All right, two, two of you got that. So we'll say it again. You may have a fresh start. Raise your hands for a second. Because I'm talking to you. You may have a fresh start any moment you choose. For this thing that we call failure is not the falling down, but the staying down. Say amen. 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 Well, we ended off last week. We've been in the middle of a series, and I'm going to kind of kind of take a break from it to, today just for Children in Ministry Day because there's, there's so many exciting things going on. But we ended off last week fighting. I was listening to the message online and I, I, the message was over and I think we were here another 20 minutes just praying and warring and fighting and just letting the enemy and the kingdom of darkness know that they're not going to have their way in us. Amen? And I saw people get changed. I saw people's lives get turned around. I, I saw things, even in the spirit and even in the physical, I saw just countenances of people changing. I, I, I saw people's kind of just their, their whole countenance change. Amen? And, and, and that's what we're about, man. So we, we left off last week breaking curses. We were lifting burdens. We were getting free from the common, from the natural, and we were stepping into the supernatural. We started to receive supernatural power, supernatural strength to, to press on and to take hold of what God has for us. We war and we pray and we press on so that our kids won't have it the same way that we had it. Amen? Do we have any parents that really care that way today? Right? We war and pray and fight to change so that our kids will not follow in that. So that they won't have it the same, the same way. We struggle to watch our ways. We have to struggle to watch our words as Joseph was talking about. To watch the way we behave. To watch the way we walk. Because what you see today in kids ministry, kids in ministry day, is what goes on every day. Every day. When we're worshiping, there's kids watching the way we worship. When we're praying, when we're listening, when we're participating or not, kids are watching exactly what we're doing. What we see today is just kind of a picture of what's happening every day. And not just kids, but everybody around us. Isn't that true? Right? How many of you had somebody tell you, I thought you went to church? Nobody? Only I get the sarcastic people in my life? How come? You have people telling you, and it's not that you have done something bad or, or whatever, but I mean, I've had, I've had people attack me just for an earring, for, uh, for not wearing a tie or a suit, I mean, for all kinds of things. People tell you, I thought you were a Christian. But what that lets me know is that somebody's watching me. Amen? Right, Jair? I didn't get my what's up this morning. Give me five. Thank you, man. All right. Amen. So this is what we see going on every day. People are watching us. People are copying or at least waiting to see what and how we're going to react to certain things. Isn't that true? So from the chapters that we've been reading uh, lately, we've been doing 1 Kings and 2 Kings, and we've, we've looked at a, so many people's lives. We've looked at five people's lives in particular, and we've learned that four out of five people will choose the common as opposed to the Christ, right? 
and, and if you've been here the last couple of weeks, you know what I'm talking about. We're going to get into it a little bit today. Four out of five people will choose the common as opposed to choosing Christ. Our goal at this church, our mission is to change that, is to turn that around. Because when, when people choose the common, they get common results. Isn't that right? When people, when, when, when you do what everyone else is doing, you'll get what everyone else is getting. Isn't that right? And, and so we need to start being smarter with our choices. We need to start making choices like it matters to God. That's what Joseph is talking about. Our words matter to God. The way we walk matters to God. And so we need to start making choices and living in a way that, that and understanding that what we say matters to God. Amen? See, because if God created us, then He designed us. And, and, and this is key for me. He, if God designed me, He didn't design us to be junk. He didn't design us to be miserable. He didn't design us to be sick, to be diseased. He designed us for life. He designed us for joy. Can anybody get excited about that? God designed you for life. He designed you to live well. He designed you to be happy. He designed you to, to get a fresh start. He designed you that when you fall, you'd get back up. He designed you that, that when you learned a lesson, you'd stop going that same way. He designed you to stop making mistakes in the same place all the time. And he, he designed us to learn from that. Amen? Nobody's perfect. Tell everybody, relax. Relax. Nobody's perfect. But you see, the, the world has done such a great job at, at, at resisting God. And the biggest way that they have tried to resist God is to try to prove that He doesn't exist. How many of you have had that argument? See, because if we can convince ourselves that there is no God, then we, we, can, we, we, we don't have to live like we're accountable to God. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that what's really behind everybody that says, there is no God, I don't believe in God, there is no God. They, because if there is a God, I might have to live a different way. If there is a God, then maybe this is not what He wants me to be doing. And so I'd rather say there is no God, and people would say, because I don't go to church, there is no God. I mean, no, that's foolishness. Foolishness, whether you believe in God or not, doesn't determine whether He exists or not. Ain't that right, Toyin? God exists whether we believe it or not, whether we follow Him or not, whether we walk in His ways or not, whether we receive what He has for us or not, He, he will exist. It doesn't matter how we feel about it. Say amen. And so, you know, they, they, they try to teach this and live this, and it's in our schools. Millions and millions of dollars and millions of hours of research have been, have been you know, thrown into this. And what, what they've come up with is a theory called evolution. How many of you heard of evolution? They teach it in all of our schools. They teach it in the finest universities. But yet, it's not a scientific fact. It's a theory. Now, does that bother anyone that it's a theory? It's not proven, but yet we teach it in the finest universities. We have to, how many of you in college have had to study, learn, and take tests on it? it, it a theory, somebody's idea. It, it's just um, such, a, such an incredible thing that, that something that's not proven, because how many of you know if it could be proven, it would have been by now. If it could be proven, the money and the determination that we've gone after trying to prove that there is no God, that we came from a fish into a monkey, into a tadpole, so on and so forth, you know that, you know, you, 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 
you've seen the pictures. I submit to you today that it takes more faith to believe in evolution than it does to believe in God. It takes more faith to believe in evolution than it does. See, when, when you start thinking about the simple things in our bodies, this, I, love, I love doing research like this because it fascinates me. Just, let's take, for example, baby teeth. You ever thought about that? I bet you nobody's really thought about that. Like, I, I wonder about stuff like that. You, you have a baby and the baby grows baby teeth. Right? Because imagine if the baby would grow our big-sized teeth at that little baby. It would look like a little Cujo or some monster, right? But, but no, God, God, God designed the body so that when it's, when it's at a certain age and developed a certain way, it grows little baby teeth. And then what happens? There come a time in the kid's age where those teeth will fall out and bigger teeth will grow in because the mouth is now ready for bigger teeth. Does that fascinate anybody? Can, how does that happen by chance? I mean, we can talk about this all day. How does that happen by chance? And how come, if that's just a mechanism that, that, that built by evolution, how does it know to stop? How come once our adult teeth don't fall out, we get another one? Some of us wish that would happen, but... But it doesn't, right? And, and so that, that's just one of the things that bugged me out. How about the human eye? I love this. The human eye, there, there is something in the eye called the sil... Ciliary, there's a muscle in the human eye. It's a muscle that starts with a C. Ciliary, ciliary. There's a ciliary muscle in your eye that's attached to ligaments, and, and I'm just simplifying it, that's attached to a lens. And when you focus on something far, the muscle contracts, the ligaments lengthen, and the lens uh, shortens. Or if I get it wrong, it doesn't matter, but you understand what I'm saying, right? And so, and then if you focus on something close, the muscle loosens and the ligaments tighten and the lens lengthens. And this happens in our eyes every day about a hundred thousand times. It's called accommodation. Is that fascinating? You tell me how that can happen by chance. It, ha it, it has to work. How many know it has to work right out of the box for it to work this way, right? Because imagine, then, if, if, if it didn't work right out of the box, if it didn't work right from start, right from the design, we would have, um, um, you know, and through archaeology and all that, we would have found so many, um, you know, uh, skeletons and, and, and dwarf man and this man and that man, Cro-Magnum man. There would be all of these men with little baby teeth. Right? Or they would find all these little babies with big, huge teeth. The skeletons, right? But none of that has been found because it doesn't exist because it, it was designed right from the beginning. Otherwise, we would have for millions of years people that are blind that can only see far or can only see near. And it would take years and millions of years, evolution says, to, for that to have developed the right way. You got to have faith to believe in that nonsense. I like to believe that something is designed to work a certain way. How do you think we design all of our cameras? The thousands of, of, of years of, of testing and research for, for a camera, for the aperture and all that, those of you that are into that stuff, that was designed after our eye. Isn't that incredible? But it would be like saying you buy a little Fisher-Price camera and if you take a lot of good pictures over millions and millions of years, it would develop into a nice SLR with, with a zoom lens because you keep using it and so evolution would keep progressing, right? Come on. Come on. Something that complex has to have been designed and anything that has been designed 
has a designer. Amen? Somebody say, God is a fabulous designer. He's fabulous. But because four out of five men don't want the accountability that believing in God would require, we'd rather believe we came from animals so that we can continue to act like animals. Isn't that, isn't that what's really at the core? Watch this. We remove prayer from school. We take down the name of God from all of our public buildings. We refuse to say the Pledge of Allegiance because it has the words under God in it. We teach our kids that we came from animals and then we lock them up for acting like the animals they came from. Come on, that's good teaching. Example, in the animal kingdom, if I have or if you have something I want or need to survive and I am stronger than you, or you could be stronger and bigger, but if there's more of me, we will slap you and take, you fr take it from you. Right? In the animal kingdom, if I am hungry and you are smaller or weaker than I or than my group, we will slap you, kill you, and eat you. In the animal kingdom, when an animal is in heat, do I got to go there? Don't go there. When an animal is in heat, it will jump on and subdue anything that can be subdued. Does that sound like our world today? Can you see the results of this in, in our lives today, in the news? Can you see the results of telling kids for, for a couple of, of decades, of telling kids that they came from animals? Can you see the results of what we're getting today? That's why we have children in ministry day. That's why we have classes that they go to to learn about God. That's why <coughs> we want to instill in our children values and worth because it matters. That's why we, we want to tell them it matters how we walk. Amen? That's why we started a high school when people told us you can't do that. When people told us you, you, you don't have the space, you don't have the building, you don't have the qualifications. But we started a high school three years ago because we believed that, that God wanted to do something different. And because there were parents that said, you know what, I've invested too much in my kids. I've, I've poured out too much into my children to now put them in a system that's, that's going to abuse them rape them, molest them, and tell them that they came from animals and make them go crazy about everything that we've already taught in them. Amen? That's why we started a high school. Because we believe in that. That we, we want to raise young men and women to be the one out of the five that are strong enough to resist the crowd. The one out of the five that can not only resist, but can go against it. Anybody excited about that? Can you imagine the revolution that would be created if out of every five, there was one that flipped it the other way? I'm titling this message today, The One-Five Revolution. The One-Five Revolution. Church, we need to do whatever it takes to protect our kids, to keep our kids, to reach our kids. I'm, I'm, the, the scriptures are loaded with example after example of what happens when just a few young people decide to revolt against the system. I'm going to share just one today. It's a very common one that you may have heard of. We've, we read it in the book of Daniel. It's about how four young men were choos, chosen for the king's service. Actually, they were forced into the king's service. 
Because even an evil king knows that you have to pour into the young people and train them today if you're going to have to do anything, if you're going to have them do anything later. Amen? So, so these, these young men, they were taken into three years of training. Doesn't that sound almost like high school? They, they, they took the finest. The king ordered that the finest young men were, were to be given. Men that are not handicapped in any way. Men that are strong. Young men that are, that are, that are the best. The cream of the crop. He, he chose them, put them in school, trained them for three years to follow in, in building his kingdom. So these four young boys, they were, they were forced into it. They were taken into this training and they were given the abundance of the king's diet. But while all the other teenagers accepted, listen man, because this matters to our young people today. Somebody next to you has an iPod, tell them to take it off. They need to hear this. These four young men refused and God gave them favor. They refused. The four young men said, you know what? I don't want the king's wine. I don't want the king's delicacies. I don't want the king's abundance. Let me just live on vegetables and water. Let me just, it, and, and Daniel, it, we, we call it today the Daniel fast, which we're actually going to start the new year off. All six of our churches are going to do a 21-day Daniel fast, but we'll talk about that later on. Not too many people got excited about that. I'm like, oh God. I got to leave before January. I might get forced into that. So it, it, it says that these, these four young men said, I, I, I don't want that. I'm just going to, let me just eat what I know to eat. Let me not, I don't want everything that the king provides. And, and the, 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 pe the people in charge says, but we can't do that. Because why would the king see you, you know, looking sick and looking, uh, um, um, you know, weak and whatever. And he said, just give, give us a test. Just try us. And it says that they did it for 10 days. And 10 days later, they came and checked. And it says those young men looked stronger and healthier and wiser than everyone house that, that walked the common road. Somebody get excited. And, and it says that the Lord gave them, gave them uh, wisdom beyond their years. He gave Daniel the ability to interpret dreams. And eventually Daniel interprets a dream that none of the king's magicians and prophets and mediums and soothsayers and, necro and all those kind of crazy people, none of them could interpret. And God gave Daniel and his boys the ability to interpret it. And, and in doing that, but what's awesome is that the king bring, puts Daniel in this high position of authority. Listen to me. When you choose Christ, when you choose the right, and when you refuse the common, it'll cost you, but God will bless you. Amen? And so he was, he was put in a position of power. Because of his position of power, he put his three boys in position of power. Because how many know that's how it works? Right? So he put his three boys in positions of power. And so it, it, what happens is later on in this story, the king makes this 90-foot gold statue. And he decrees that everyone will bow down and worship this statue. And so the time comes on the appointed day, the entire crowd does what is common, and they bow down when they hear the, the music or however it was led. They all bow down to the statue, and the four young men stay standing. Somebody say, that's gangster. A whole kingdom bowing down, four young teens. Say, nope. Somebody say, that's strong. That's strength. That's confidence. That's faith. That's courage, right? And so they were, they were, they were questioned on it. They came and they said, listen, well, I heard that you didn't bow. I heard that you didn't bow. And, and they were told, listen, you know what happens? I, I, I gave a decree. I love you and everything. I like you. You're good guys. But I, I issued a decree that whoever doesn't bow down is going to be thrown into the fiery furnace. And, and I love what happens here. 
I love these young people's response. In Daniel 3.16, this is Daniel's response to the king. He says, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. But even if he does not, but even if he does not, we will not serve your gods or worship the image of God that you have set up. Say amen. You might know the rest of the story. It says they, they, they fired up the furnaces hotter than they have ever been fired up. And it says the furnaces were so hot that those that were carrying the three guys, they burnt up. Say that's hot. That's hot. It's so hot that those delivering them got burnt up and consumed. That's hot. And so it says that they were bound together and they were thrown into the, the furnace. And these young men are thrown in. And then the king sees with his own eyes that walking around, remember they were bound and thrown into the fire. And then the king sees with his own eyes that walking around inside the fire without being burnt. And then he counts. He says, wait, didn't we throw three men into the fire? I see four men and one looks like the son of God. Make a note. You might be walking through some stuff right now. It might feel like you've been thrown into the fire. You might be feeling the heat of things. And you might feel like the situation you're in right now is so hot. You might feel like you're all alone in this. Maybe it's just you and your children. Maybe it's just you and your mom or, or you and a friend. The king says, I see one out of four men walking around in the fire and one looks like the son of God. See, when you put your trust in God, as some of you have just started doing recently, and I'm so excited about that. It doesn't exempt you from the fire. Let me burst the bubble that people lie to, 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 to Christians all the time. Just give your heart to Jesus. Everything's going to be great. Give your heart to Jesus or your problems will melt away. I don't know what Bible they're reading, but that's not in the scriptures. But, but, you know, we almost believe, well, as long as we get them saved, as long as they get saved, as long as they know God, then, then God, then what? Then God will disappoint them. Because you, you sold them a lie. Then they'll go through a hard time and say, oh, that's fake too. I've tried this and I've tried that and I've tried this and that's fake too. And, and so you've done an injustice when you, when you, when, when you um, teach a false gospel, when you preach a half gospel. Amen. So, the, the, because, because, listen, making that decision doesn't exempt you from the fire. It doesn't excuse you from the heat. That's not what it means. What it means is that the fire will not have its desire with you. What it means is that God is going to use it not to burn you, not to destroy you, but to purify you. Say amen. And what it means is just, just to make sure that it doesn't burn you or that it doesn't destroy you, God says, I will even step into the fire with you and walk around with it. Amen? Some of you might feel like you're alone. You're in the middle of stuff and you're, it's hot and it's burning up and you think you're not going to make it. God says, look, I'm right here with you. This fire is fake. It doesn't burn. This fire purifies. Come on. The situation you're in, God is purifying you. He's not trying to destroy you. And He's in there with you. He's in there with you. So the, the, the story goes on that they, they're taken out and they don't even smell like smoke. Their hair isn't singed. 
They don't even smell like smoke. It says they're taken out. And look at verse 29. The king says, Therefore I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that they be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble, for no other God can save the way that our God can. This is a worldly king that doesn't know God, just saw God in action, and then issues a decree because no God can save like their God. Come on, you need to tell somebody, no God can save like my God. No God can save like my God. Do you understand? Not a candle, not a saint, not anything. No God can save like my God. Amen? There's not a prayer, there's not a, a specific chant, there's not a chant or a, or a thing or, a, or this or a that. No God can save like my God. Four young men chose Christ. They chose to go against the crowd. They refused the common and a revolution is started. I call it the 1-5 revolution. Yeah, I get gangster with mine. The 1-5, that's right, 1-5 revolution. Listen, I, I, I want to illustrate something to you because I want you to see the power in this. Look, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, stand up. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, please stand. Not you, her. The fifth, just the fifth. Yeah. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, floor, stand up. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, you stand up. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, please stand up. One, keep going, keep going. Every fifth, stand up. Every fifth person, stand up. Come on. Figure it out. Quick, quick. Quick, figure it out. Every fifth person, stand up. Keep going, keep going. Come on, guys, it's five. It's not that difficult. I'm not asking you to do division. Every fifth person, stand up. Let's go. <coughs> keep going, keep going. Every fifth person, stand up. Figure it out. Keep going. Yeah, good. Good. God is dealing with some of you even now. Every fifth person, stand up. You're like, I didn't come to this church brand new to stand up. It's all right. Every fifth person, stand up. Keep going. It, nobody's going to like double check. Just fake it. Just, come on. Just help me with the illustration. Come on. Come on. Help a brother out. Just every fifth person, stand up. You, that sounds good. You, please. Caesar. Come on, back there, figure it out. Get two or three guys standing up over there. My goodness, I didn't think this would be so difficult. The 1-5 revolution. Listen, look around. Now, uh, as a matter of fact, all of you that are standing, turn around. Do. Now, I, I want you to realize, listen, I want you to realize that the majority is still sitting, Right? But can you feel the power in those that are standing? Can you feel the power? Like, what would happen to, to, to a preacher if he come to preach a message and, and one out of every five stood up and turned around? That would be a little distracting. This, this would be a little overwhelming for me. I said, why are so many people standing? Why are so many people turning? Well, maybe, maybe they're, they're, those are the one out of five that chose Christ. And I'm, I'm preaching deparate here. And, and, and they said, I'm not going to receive it. Amen? What would happen if, if, that, if that went on? Amen? Can you see the power? You guys can turn around. I know it feels weird. 
Can you see the power? Can you see the strength? Can you, can, would, would you doubt the ability if, if I told them that crew that was standing to go and do something? Would you doubt that ability? Did you sense the power in them? Those that weren't like confused. Like, this is not going to work in life. You, you understand that? This is not going to work in life. See, if, if, if I was you, I would have stood up. I don't care if I'm the fifth. I'm, one of the, I'm a one-fiver. Amen? I'm a one-fiver. I don't care. Make, make people move then because I'm not sitting. I'm standing. Church, church we got to get serious, don't we? We, we got to be serious with our... See, that's why I talk the way I talk. That's why I preach the way I preach. Because in the last couple of decades, and I've studied this, the church has made itself irrelevant to the world. It's made itself irrelevant because, they, you know, they, they've, they've insisted on, on this holier-than-thou attitude. They've insisted on uniforms and uniformity. They lock themselves up in these pristine buildings where all you can do is sit down and sit up straight. Please put the gum out. Please put your water away. Please don't come in here drinking anything. Please, if you don't have a jacket, one will be given for, to you. If, if the ladies don't have a hat, I will give you one because you can't walk into the house of the Lord without your head covered. New Old Testament, where did that come from? But, but you understand, we've made ourselves so irrelevant, the church, in the last couple of decades that nobody cares what the church, and, and I, I, I just long to change that, amen? We, we've portrayed God as this angry God and not this loving Father that He longs to be. It's time we did whatever it takes to reach people. I call this message the One Five Revolution because I've been watching, I've been studying gangs kind of all my life. I've been studying this thing and, and I, I realized kids join gangs and this is as an uprising of this all over again. Kids join gangs because they want a feeling of fellowship. Because they want to belong to something. Because they want to feel protected. Isn't that what we're called to do? And so I decided, I decided last, this week as I was preparing this, you know what, I'm going to do whatever it takes. If kids want to join a gang, I'll start a gang. And so I'm starting a gang at the Sanctuary Fellowship. Take a, take a picture, take a picture. That's right. That's right. I'm starting a gang. Tell people, that pastor's crazy. He's starting a gang in the church. Yes, I'm starting a gang in the church. But, 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 but check this out. We're keeping it real, amen? And we're going to keep it real Jesus. Not just real, like fleshly or real worldly. We're going to keep it real Jesus, amen? See, in, in, in this gang, it's awesome because, you know, the, I, I've read and I've done this research. Man, these kids get jumped in. They get beat into these gangs and they're willing to get beat in. Ladies are willing to get raped in. Do, do you understand the seriousness? They, 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 they have to do things to, to, for initiation to get into these gangs. They have to shoot people. They have to hurt people. They have to slash people. So, listen, in this gang, you don't get jumped in or you don't get raped in. You get prayed in. You get prayed in. And, and, and you see, what happens is, because the Word of God says that the old G's, or the elders will lay hands on you and pray and pray you in. Amen? And, and in this gang, you don't have to, to, to kill anybody or shed any blood to, to be accepted or to be initiated because the blood that needed to be shed has already been shed. Amen? 
So, so you can't shed any more blood to get into this thing. It's already been shed. You will get prayed into this thing and you will be gangster 1-5. Amen? Ha, <laughs> The only thing you got to do to get in is you need to die to yourself. You, you, you think it's easy to kill somebody? Die to yourself. You think it's easy to slash somebody? Anybody, any knucklehead can do that with a box cutter. Anybody, I'll do it right now and test it. Anybody. I know, I'm not going to get that crazy. There's video cameras going. That's not good. I get locked up. But, but do you, you want to see a real man? You want to know what a real G is? Die to self. Die to your selfish desires. Die to what everybody else is telling you to do. Die to the common. Die to the crowd. And die and live for Christ. Amen? Come on. I long, listen, I long to see a revolution of fathers who display the father's heart. Let me tell you what that looks like. Men who actually raise their kids. Men who will actually marry the woman they're with and love them and, and cherish them and provide for them and protect them and support them and present her to God without spot or blemish as the word says. That's a real man. Amen. We'll, be, we'll never be that kind of man following the crowd or doing the common. We can never be that kind of man unless we, were under, unless we understand that we were created in the image of God the Father. Tell a kid he was created in the image of an animal and then remove him from every image of a real father. That kid has been set up to fail. Ain't that true? He will be common. He will be one of the four that make up the crowd. But tell a kid and show a kid that he was created by God in the image of God and then assign to him a real father, a father who himself is a one-fiver and then and, and, and demonstrated and models the love of the father in the way he lives, the way he loves, the way he forgives, the way he disciplines, the way he corrects, the way he covers, the way he protects, the way he provides. That kid has been blessed and has been set up to succeed. And will have no excuse to fail. He's a one-fiver from birth. Thank you. Amen. Amen. We need to do this now. And I'll tell you why. There's a couple of parents in here. I know there's at least two. That you have five kids. Right? There's one parent in here. I know. Where is she? She has five kids. Right there. Are you willing that one out of that only one out of your five kids will succeed? Are you willing for that? No, right? No. I'm not willing for that either. I'm not willing that one out of five of those kids in children's church right now, of which they're probably 20, 30, God knows how many we that's probably bigger than the church is getting. I'm not willing that only one out of five would make it. I'm not willing, I'm not willing for that. I'm not willing for that. And, and, I, and I pray that we're raising men and we're instilling in men and women here that, that say, you know what, that's, that's the wrong number. That's the wrong number. If, if mommy has five kids, she'll tell you that's the wrong number. I, I, I want five out of five. I want five out of five. At least in my house, I want five out of five. 
Okay? Not five out of five perfect kids. Not five out of five millionaires, three doctors, two lawyers. No, five successful kids that know they're created in the image of God. That are, they could be, I don't what, what field they could get into. They could get into anything they want because God, there's no Christian field. Amen? We need light. We need light everywhere in the world. In every business, in every job, in every building, in every location, doing every kind of job. We need the light of Christ shining in somebody's kids. Amen? I want five for five. We need to do it now. We need to start that revolution. I'm going to get t-shirts and everything. Just bam. I'm not going to mess with the beads and the colors because I don't want to get, get you guys in trouble. But, but, but understand something. And, and I did a quick little research. I did a Google to see if there was a 1-5 gang because I don't want to you know, start no, no beef and have to mess them all up. Because I'm not scared. You, you understand? I'm not scared. I've been to L.A., I've been to Compton. They, they walk me through the streets and they show me all the bullet holes and, and they check to make sure that I wasn't wearing the right color and all that when I was working in youth ministry. And I said, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. So I'm not scared because, see, see the one who controls me, you can, you can, some of you could be spies up in here. You're going to go and spread the word. Oh, there's a gang coming up in the Bronx. And yo, go ahead, tell them. I don't care who they are. Do you understand how that, 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 that my God, you can set every gang in the Bronx against me. They can put contracts, hits. I'll smile for the picture. <laughs> Spread it out. Put it in flyers. Put it everywhere. Say, say, tell, put a thousand, put a million dollars on my head. It won't matter. Because if my God says I live, I live. Amen? It, there's a mentality. See, see when, when you're trusting on a group of brothers that wear the same things that are all... It's foolishness. See, gangsters can't trust gangsters because gangsters will always be gangsters. You understand? If, if I'm a thief and you're a thief and the four of us are thieves, we're thieves. And so the first chance I get to steal from you, I'm going to steal from you because in my nature, I'm a thief. You understand? There's no loyalty among thieves. So, so this whole, the gang thing drives me crazy, but it's been around for millions of years. But it's, but it's millions, I'm exaggerating, but you, you understand? It's been around for so long because, because they believe it's this fake brotherhood. But you know the first one that gets caught rats on everybody. Right? And they'll tell you, you know, snitches get snitches, yo, and, and they give you all that. Come on. The first time I've been, I've been with a, uh, I've worked in youth ministry for 11 years, and I've been with kids when they get locked up. And these are like the G'd up kids that come. They walk all, bang, 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 bang. They're always walking hard, looking at me hard like, why? You're 11. What, what are you, I slap you. What are you, what are you doing? What are you, what, what is that about? I, I like Manny, come here Manny. You know, Manny will step on you, do you understand? You know, but, but those kids, I've been with them, and then when they get locked up, then they call Pastor George, can you come? I say, yeah, I come down, and they're whimpering inside a little four by four room. And <laughs> I'm like, what happened, bro? Where's the gangsta at? What happened? Where's the strength? Where's the, it's, it's phony, you, you understand what I'm saying? I'm real. I'm going to be real here. I'm going to be real outside. I'm going to be real locked up. I'm going to be real wherever it is because I trust in who sends me. Amen? Oh, man. <clears throat> Looking back today, regretfully, I would have to say that growing up, I was always the four, with the four group. I went the way they went. I got, got God opened opportunities for me that were ridiculous. When, when I graduated um, um, grammar school, there were all these kids that, that um, were, were trying and taking extra tests and extra training and, and you know, kids that the, 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 the teachers had selected because those were, the, those were the smart kids to take the test for Bronx High School of Science. 
I went with a bunch of boys as a joke, and I was the only one in my grammar school that made it in. So I got accepted into Bronx High School of Science. I didn't want to go there, but the teachers convinced my mom we have to go there because number one, it's free. And, and it's elite, you know, you get in there, you got to go there. And so, I, you know, God gave me so much opportunity, but, but I got into graffiti, I got into all kinds of vandalism, all kinds of stupidness. I followed, I did what everybody else did. I followed the crowd. In my third year of junior high, they asked me not to come back. That's a public school. To be asked not to come back is not a good thing. So, I, you know, I, I, I'm telling you that so you know, you know, I've, but, but I have to tell you, I've been slowly... But surely today I stand before you and I can tell you for almost 19 years I've been pushing against the crowd. I've been slowly but surely pressing on, going forward to the mark. I've been reaching out to what God has for me. Has it been difficult? Yes. Has I, have I always been successful? No. But has God always been faithful? Yes, 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 yes. And some of my most favored treasures are the people that God has helped me to inspire and to walk along with me. Some of my, the best treasures that I have, aside from, from the kids that the Lord gave me through my beautiful wife, some of the best treasures that I have are those that God has brought around me and that, that has used me to be a part of their lives so that we can walk forward. Amen? Those are treasures hidden in secret places. That's a 1-5 revolution. Amen? We're going to continue our series next week, but to, to end this tonight, I, I, to end this today, I just wanted to, um, I think Hannah has a song that she wrote, another young lady, has a song that she wrote, a worship song. You ready, Hannah? She wants to share that with you. I'm walking on holy ground, all of a sudden I hear a sound. It is Jesus calling my name, oh, I will give him praise. Please save me from sin, oh, I will trust in him. Lord, come into my life, your shining star, shining bright. Oh, shine, shine on me, Jesus set me free. Amen. That's, that's a one-fiver. Why? Because both her parents are one-five. Both her parents are one-fiver. Nobody in here could tell me that they, that they love worship more than Mo and Mark. So isn't it fitting that, that the daughter would be writing worship songs? Ain't it? How many of you want that for your life? How many of you need that? I, I want that for my life. Come on, let's stand. Let's stand. Let's have a gang initiation this morning. I'm going to bring the old G's to the front. All my elders. Come on, Pastor Gary. Let's have, we're about to get prayed in. Somebody's not going to believe you when, they tell, when you tell them, I went to church and I joined the gang today. And this big Jewish man prayed me in. You're not there to believe you. They're going to have to check the videotape. How many of you are ready? How many of you are ready? I mean, just like ready. I'm tired of playing church, amen? This is, look at the size of this gang. Look at the size that this gang could be. This threatening, this is big. This gang is rolling deep, and this is just the first meeting. <laughs> Wait till the word gets out. 
that there's a 1-5 revolution taking place in the Bronx. A 1-5 revolution. I'm going to ask my friends, I don't know if they'll let me, but I'm going to ask them if I can preach this message in each one of their churches. They'll probably dis discommunicate me or something, but... But we're going to start a 1-5 revolution because it's time that the body of Christ would stand up and shine. Amen? Shine. I mean shine, not fake, not faking it, not, not pretend to be holy, not pretend to do everything right, not pretend to be so scriptural and so holy, but, but to be real, to say, God, I love you, God, I want to follow you, and God, I'll do anything you ask me to do to be where you want me to be. That, that's a 1-5 revolution. Can you, can you start praying people into this thing? Amen. Oh, by the way, I made you an old G. Oh, you're what? An, you're an old G. Is that good or bad, Diane? I don't know. <laughs> Sounds whack to me, but it's... But before I pray, I just got this picture. So, Pastor George spoke about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those young people. And I'm just going to call forth the young people yeah. right now to come and stand yeah. here with me. Yeah. Only yeah. those who are saying, if I die, I die. If it costs me everything, I'm going to be an example for Jesus. Come I'm on. going all the way. I'm going to call on. you up here right now. Come on, come on. Those young people, young adults, children yeah. right yeah. now. Yeah. You're saying, yeah. I'm going all the yeah. way with Jesus. Yeah. I won't bow down to yeah. any idol. When yeah. I hear the music, I'm only going to bow down to God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're rolling deep now. See, this, this is an army right here. This yes. is the army. This is the yes. gang. And, and this is the picture that I got. Those of you who are up here right now, I'm going to pray. But as I'm praying, I want you to go back and begin to lay your hands on those old people back there. Come on. And yeah. I want you to impart yeah. the fire. Come on, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, guys. I'm going to release you right now. Just go back. You don't have to say anything. But there's a fire that God's come putting on, in come you. Come on, come on. And I want you yeah. to impart it to those people back there. So just turn around and just walk over to people and just put your hand on yes. them. Go ahead. go ahead. I release you. I release the fire in you right come on, now. Come on, in Jesus come on. Stop laying hands. Stop praying just, on them. Just begin to touch you. Come on. So, Father, we just release right now, oh God. Father, with the laying on of hands yes. right now, yes. oh God, yes. we just release Holy Ghost yes. fire yes. now in Jesus' yes. name. Yes. Now, right now, yes. right now, right now. Yes, yes Lord. Father, yes, Lord. in Jesus' name, yes, we call forth, Lord God, those who would be true fathers and mothers, Lord God, those who would be willing to say, I'm an example of who Jesus is. Those mothers, Lord God, who will say, if you want to see an example of how do you love your children, look at me. For those fathers who would say, if you want to hear yes. an example of how to treat your wife, yes. look at my come life. On, come on. Father, I just yes. thank you right now, Lord yes. God. We just release glory, Lord God. Father, I thank you for those here, Lord God, who are standing. See, if you're standing right now, you're saying, 
I'm going all the way with Jesus. I'm standing up for him. Yes, yes, come on. If the king doesn't like it, if my boss doesn't like it, if the government doesn't like it, if my friends don't like it, I will not bow down. I will not yes. bow down to the idols of this world. So, Father, we just release your anointing right now. And we just initiate everyone, right? Everyone who's standing up. We initiate them, Lord God, to be revolutionaries for you, Lord God. World changers, oh God. Those, Lord God, who will turn this world upside down. And I just release that anointing on you. Now, now, just receive it. Now, in Jesus' name. This is a revolution. It starts with me and it ends in the back of the church. This is a constitution for you and me. I will never say I am sorry. supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.